All right, hello everybody. Uh, this is the Sports Player Podcast. This is uh, Ethan Shep and Evan Sillick. And uh, today we're doing Week Six reactions. So uh, the first game we're going to do is the Denver Broncos um, and the New England Patriots. And the Broncos won this game, eighteen to twelve, and both teams are now sitting at two and three. Um, um, this game was just—I literally have on my notes, "Wow, just wow!" Like I'm watching that game was just like I'm going to chalk it up for the Patriots offense as Cam missing two weeks. Um, but it was just a crap shot from the beginning of it to the end. Like, I never saw a play that was like, wow. And you know when the player of the game is the kicker with McManus, it's pretty uh, – it was definitely a lackluster game. Yeah, uh, McManus, he went 6-6 six six on field goals, and his long was 54. Uh, yeah, Drew Locke was coming back from injury. Cam Newton was coming back from COVID. And uh, both these quarterbacks uh, had zero passing touchdowns, but both had two interceptions. So that was pretty much how the game went. Um, Cam did have one rushing touchdown. Yep, Cam had a 30-yard rush, too, 30-plus-yard rush. That was pretty pretty athletic coming off of uh, sickness. But I want to point out uh, Lindsey. Yep, I was about to he say that. <laughs> 23 attempts for 101 yards. Like, yep. Coming off of being the, coming off the bench and being able to put up double, triple digits. Yeah, but he was hurt uh, for like a few weeks. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he was playing for Melvin Gordon, missing because of uh, his DUI, and the team yeah. decided to bench him. So uh, it was good to see Lindsey. I mean, we know he can do it. Yeah, hundred yeah, yard game. Pro Bowler rookie year. Then he's just been stuck behind. I wouldn't say Freeman's an All Pro, but I think Gordon's an All Pro running back. Oh yeah, Freeman's definitely not. Where's Freeman? Yeah. Like he's <laughs> he should definitely be third string. Uh, he finally he finally made it to his position. And then um, Tim Patrick had four receptions for 101 yards uh, on eight targets. So, I mean, they were throwing to him a lot um, with Jerry and Judy having Gilmore on him for most of the game. Uh, and Patrick showed that if next year, if Sutton's back healthy, you have Sutton, Judy, and this, and Patrick, Tim Patrick, uh, I would be more than happy with him being my third option. Oh, 100%. And then with faint, with Noah Fan on the field, it's a whole another uh, layer to it. Yeah, next season when he gets back – or. He'll get back this season, but yeah, since he didn't play this game. It just brings a yeah. whole other dimension to the game because you have to respect the tight end passing as well. Yep. Um, ready to move on to the next game? Yep. Yeah. So, next game is the Houston Texans take on the Tennessee Titans, and the Tennessee Titans win this game 42-36 to in overtime. Tennessee is now 5-0, and and Houston is now 1-5. and uh, This game was crazy. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you can go. You can start. Um, I'm to start off. This game is just Deshaun Watson trying to carry his team as always. Yep. And with 28 att- with 37 attempts, completing 28, 300 and th- 355 yards, and four touchdowns, no interceptions. What else can a man do? No, there's nothing for else. For his team, <laughs> what else can you do for a team? Um, uh, I think that now that Will Fuller has been fully has been healthy. He's been able to put up six receptions in this game, 123 yards and one touchdown. Yep. I think that's pretty that's pretty good coming off of the uh, minor injury he had. Mm. Um, Fells also got his touchdown. He kept up the, the um, what's it called, red zone red zone threat intact. Finally, um, I think they're finally starting to get their chemistry back on because what was it? Fells led in touchdowns in the red zone for like what? Last year he was yeah. Well, year. I think. Andrews beat him overall, but Fells is right there because he's literally just a giant in the red zone. Yeah. And then, I mean, now moving on to the Titans. I was talking about Ryan Tannehill first because he's yeah. the quarterback. Um, 
he had 30 completions on 41 attempts, 366 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Tannehill, he just continues. I mean, he didn't have one pick, but he just continues to, like, not really make mistakes. Even in – they asked him to throw the ball 41 times, which is kind of yeah, high for him. That's 41 times. That's yeah. more than – that's more than he normally throws, and he and he's just doing he's just doing well. He's being smart. Um, yeah, uh, Tannehill is continuing to just do exactly what they need him to do, and they're just winning games because of it. And then he extends plays with his feet. Like, I I mean, I, we always knew he could run, but I feel like he's been they've been trusting him a lot more mm-hmm. with the ball in the pocket, and then allowing him to roll out if he needs to. It's kind of it's looking like uh went went like s. Type it reminds me of um. It reminds me of Kirk Cousins when they actually was like when the Vikings were actually doing good. Okay. When like when they like, when they were, when Viking when they just needed him to do the play action or hand it off to Devin Cook and then when he does the play action roll out throw to Dick the Thielen and it was actually working. That's what it reminds me of. It doesn't remind me of the Vikings this year where they're just falling apart. Yeah, I'm, we'll get we'll get to those shortly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you you gotta you have to mention him, Derrick Henry. Oh, he's my player of the week. This man is absurd. With only 22 attempts, he got 212 yards. That's an average of 9.6 per carry. Every yep. time he touched the ball, it's a first down. Yep. And then two and then two touchdowns. And he also had two receptions for 52 yards. That's average of what? Like, like 21? No, that's hold on. No, that's like 26. That's like borderline MVP caliber play. Yeah, no. He, if, he, if he keeps – if he proceeds to play like this maybe even like seven more times, he's – in the MVP race. Yeah, what's it called? He's That's he's my saying. player. He's my player of the week uh, nominee for sure. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, you couldn't even stop man. And he got the game winning touchdown in overtime with the direct snap. They just and, they just give it to him. Why not? I, just give it to him. I don't even know, man. And then there was this one announcer. Like it wasn't an announcer. It was a sports like broadcaster. But he was like, "You you are that big. You should not be able to move that well." Yeah. Like, he just there was just a play where he, the the one play is eighty five yarder I think. He just outran the other Everyone. team. Yep. Yeah, like he was in a pack of all three of them, and he just beat them. Yep. He just outran them. And then um, I want to get into the tight end, mm-hmm. Andrew uh, Ferkser. I'm sorry if I butcher that name. Mm-hmm. With eight receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. I think he was probably, other than uh, Kittle, the tight end of the week. Mm-hmm. I think he had an excellent game. Yeah, especially with uh, John O. Smith being down uh, that week. The next guy just stood right up, so. And then my last guy I want to highlight is A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't too, too, like, mind-blowing, but he got um, – the he had, he had two touchdowns in the game, 68 yards. I forgot the amount of receptions. But um, the, the one touchdown that really mattered was the overtime game. Mm-hmm. No, what, was it overtime? No, he didn't catch it. Yeah. Forced overtime. In the left side of the end zone, he just barely gets his feet in for an unbelievable catch. I think he had a really good part in – he had a big part in winning this game. Yeah. All right, yeah, next thing we're going to talk about is uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Steelers trounced the freaking Browns 38-7. Uh, to Pittsburgh yeah. is now 5-0. and Cleveland is now 4-2, and but their two losses come to – their two best division rivals. So they can't be too happy about that. Um, Steelers defense just got the Baker early. Now going into this game, I know we were talking about it, that um, Odell had been sick all week, sent him from practice. 
Landry was playing through an injury and Baker had like bruised ribs or something was wrong with his ribs. So I didn't expect it to go well. If- no, yeah, this was a, and I think the Steelers are probably playing, they're probably like top three pl- just by playing in AFC. Mm-hmm. Like how they're playing is just top three. It's so consistent. And their defense, if you show like a second of hesitation or a little bit of weakness, they just destroy you. Yeah, no, you the, the Browns needed to play a perfect game, and they already had arguably three of their best players already banged up, not looking good going into the week. So it was it was already off to a rough start right off rip. So I didn't expect it to go well. Uh, Baker left the game with an apparent injury. Uh, yeah. When he was in there, he completed 10 out of 18 for 119 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, uh, one was a pick six. Yeah. yeah. And then Case Keenum came in, completed five for 10, 46 yards. So – uh, on the day, they just had a rough day. Uh, Kareem Hunt even had a rough day. Uh, 13 attempts for 40 yards, average 3.1. Um, nothing really went uh, the Browns' way. Yeah, it was just from start to finish, the Steelers just – they knew what they wanted to do going into the game, and they executed perfectly. And then, yeah. you know, they put pressure and forced Baker to try – Baker to make the plays. Mm-hmm. And, yes, Baker's banged up, but there was a few just looks that he shouldn't have thrown. Yep. Um. But, I mean, I feel like – and then going into the Steelers' offense, they did exactly what they wanted to do, control the clock with James Conner running it 20 times for 101 yards and two yep. touchdowns. No, and a touchdown. I'm sorry. Yeah, one touchdown. But they were just able to control the clock. They had three rushing touchdowns on the day, one with Snell and then one with – um. Well, uh, what's his face? Claypool had a rushing touchdown. Conner had a – and Snell had a rushing touchdown. So they had three touch, three rushing touchdowns in the game. So they were able to control the clock and then punch it in, in that yep. red zone, which is really what matters. Claypool also had four catches for 74 yards, led the team. Uh, Juju only had two catches for six, for yards. six yards. So that is um, definitely noticeable. I think a big thing is for, like, Claypool, he's been solidified as a deep threat now because of just his size and his speed because mm-hmm. he averages 24 yards per catch. Right. Now, a little bit of that is rack, but a lot of it is just him catching it 24 yards downfield and just making a play. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is just the Steelers did exactly what the Steelers do. They dominate you on defense, and then they, they're able to score on offense. Yep. All right, yeah, so the next thing we're going to talk about is the Baltimore Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Ravens won this game 30-28, to 28, and they went to 5-1. and one. And two and the Eagles are two, four, and one. Um, you can go. So, for me, I felt like the, I'm gonna start on the Eagles first because I have a little bit less to say about the Eagles. Okay. Um, the Eagles, they just they're fantastic at trash time. It's like, get first three throughout the first three quarters, they only scored six points. Yeah, and, and they, they had went, zero at halftime. Yeah, fourth quarter they come in and they drop twenty-two. Yeah. And I think partial. A big reason is that is the Ravens just look like they stopped trying. Yeah, no, we played the, like, prevent defense. I, I hate when people do that. If if your defense is working all throughout the game, yeah. just keep it. And if they, like, I know you don't want to get beat on a big play, but letting them score a touchdown out of a touchdown and score 22 in the fourth, like, obviously prevents not working. Like, And some people say, like, the game wasn't, like, it wasn't this close. But yeah. at the end of the day, the Eagles had that chance on that two-point conversion to go with the overtime if they complete one more pass. Just so it should, I should have never been that close, in my opinion. No, and then – uh, props to the Eagles defense for maintaining the Ravens' run. Other than Lamar's one breakout run, they held all of our running backs to 30 or un, uh, under 30. 
which I think is pretty significant because I think we have one of the better trios in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also want to highlight just they teams have been maintaining Lamar, but I felt like they did a really good job until the very end when they let him break it out the middle in a read option. Yeah, no, they just the defense completely fell apart in that play. Yeah. Uh, I think overall, I think the Ravens offense has been like a little slow the last few games. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's can't get the run game going and they're trying to pass the ball more, which I'm fine with because I don't, I don't, I Lamar can be pass the ball. I'm not worried about that, but we don't really have any dynamic wide receivers for him to throw the ball to. We just have Marquise Brown. He's more of a speed guy, not a high target guy. And then you're just expecting a lot from Mark Andrews at the tight end position. And and if he's not, if you don't have Kittle or Kelsey, like it's just asking a lot for your tight end to do that every week. Like I really like. Um, Marquise Brown, I, I, I have his jersey. I really like him, but I think it's his size is a big problem because you have like players like Henry Ruggs and Justin Jefferson who are running down the field, and they're they're smaller, but they have the size to go up and make the big catch. I feel like Marquise Brown is just he knows he's smaller, he knows he's very injury prone, so when he jumps up, he doesn't always put his full body on the line. Like Henry Ruggs is able to go up without having to worry about who's going to hit him right. because there's a chance he's not that like that there's a more probable chance. He's not going to get injured than per se Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, he's been showing every single week that like his size is kind of a problem, mm-hmm. but like he tries to compensate it with his speed, but it's pretty, it's pretty visible. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, I do like that. Uh, Duvernay has been getting more involved in the offense and uh, I want to just see him. I want to like I want to see him get more and more involved. He had three catches for uh, 31 yards in this game, um, and maybe get Perche out there a little bit because like why not just see what we I drafted? Mean, yeah, I mean we have these guys that are speedsters, and they're if you get the ball in their hands, they're going to they're going to make a play. Yeah, they're very very dynamic players. Um, yeah, I just I feel like Lamar's in a slump right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's – I think he'll near – near, like, later part of the season, I think he's going to start picking up to his MVP caliber. You think it could be that he's not – he has maybe have, like, that, like, groin injury that we heard about a few weeks ago and he's just kind of playing through it? Or do you think he's just not playing well? Um, I think it might be a little bit of both. Yeah. I think there's, like – there's times where he's just, like, not – he's not reaching the speeds that we saw last year mm-hmm. because that might just be of injury. But I've also, like – his throws have just been off just by yep. a little bit every single time. They're just a little off. Yeah. So I feel like he is in a slump, and I think he's. I think it's his play more than the injury, mm-hmm. but I think it's fixable. It's definitely fixable. It's definitely fixable. All right, next game. Yes, sir. All right, next game is the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants, and the New York Giants won this game uh, twenty to nineteen when Washington went for a two point conversion to win, and they missed it, and. Which I think they did last year as well against the, the Dolphins. But anyway, the Giants went one and six. Uh, the Giants are now one and six, and Washington is now one and five. And it's heartbreaking because this is a game that will pretty much officially send Trevor Lawrence to the Jets because I don't think they're going to win a game. So I was pretty upset about this one. But um, you want to start this one? Yeah. Um, so I don't really have a lot to say about this game. My big mm-hmm. things are Kyle Allen, he had a bad fumble and an interception. But other than that, I was pretty impressed by his play. Mm-hmm. He, um, hold on. I'm, I'll continue for like one second. Oh, uh, here it is. I'm sorry. He didn't play as bad as like most think. He had that bad fumble and yes, that interception, but he had 
On 42 passing attempts, mm-hmm. he had 31 completions, 280 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. And he was able to roll out with his feet for another 50 yards. I mean, I feel like he's not – I mean, and behind that O-line, you can't place this game on him. Mm-hmm. So I think he played as well as you can with the things he was given. And their run game it was pretty much abysmal yep. against the Giants. Yeah, uh, I thought that one of the like, noticeable piece for the Giants uh, in this game was that uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, he didn't have that great of a day of passing. He only had 12 uh, completions on 19 attempts for 112 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's not a lot of throws. It's not a lot of yards. But it is interesting that he led the team in rushes with 74 yards on seven attempts. That's 10.6 yards of run. And Freeman, Devontae Freeman got the ball 18 times, only got 61 yards. So that's kind of interesting that, like, how much he ran the ball for Daniel Jones. But, yeah, um, overall, I thought this is a low-scoring game. Uh, the Washington defense played pretty well, but uh, they went for that two-point conversion at the very end of the game, and then they lost. So they were fine with going for the win or, not, or losing. So, What's it called? I'm pretty um, – I think Daniel Jones is just sneaky athletic. Like, he's a guy that when, you, when you're game planning, you're not game planning for his run. But he can, he can beat you on the run. Not beat you, but he can definitely make some plays with his, using his feet. So I was def- I've definitely been surprised with how much he's been able to roll out of the pocket and or do read options. Yeah. And uh, McLaurin also had seven catches for 74 yards. Uh, I mean, he's just – I mean, he's just showing that he's a big target guy and uh, he led the team in yards. So, I mean, it doesn't matter really what quarterback's in for the football team. Uh, it's just pretty clear that McLaurin's going to be a big part of their offense. So uh, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm excited to see him as maybe he gets some stability at the quarterback position. Yeah, I feel like this team's about three, maybe a year or two away from doing something with themselves because that O line is just abysmal right now. Yeah, I think this team with um, Justin Fields would be interesting. This team as a whole isn't terrible. That's I true. think that is true. Their I defense, like- their defense isn't terrible. And their O-line's okay. I just don't know if the quarterback's right. I like you were saying, Kyle Allen's really playing him pretty well. Yeah, I was very impressed with their um, their first week, defense-wise. Going against the Eagles? One, they've just kind of been lackluster. Yeah, against the Eagles. But this was before the Eagles were, like, completely busted up. Yeah. But overall, I haven't, I haven't really been that happy with their defense since. So hopefully they get back into that week one, just, like, domination. Because they're in the right division to do it, so. Yeah, no, anyone can take a hold of this division just like that. Yeah, it's still open. The top is two. Yeah. Uh, so right now, next thing we're going to do is the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. And the Falcons won this game 40-23, to and both teams are now 1-5. The Falcons finally did a blow lead. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, there you go. Just going to throw that out there. That's a new one. Just uh, you want to start with uh, Matt Ryan? Yeah, um, Matt Ryan had a, a game, 30, 30 completions on 40 attempts, 371 yards, and four touchdowns, no no interceptions. That is, that's literally textbook. You can't ask for any more. Yep. And then he, him and Julio Jones looked like they didn't even miss any weeks. It was just right back to, it, yeah, it looked like Julio didn't even miss any weeks. He just came back and dominated. Yep. With, Eight receptions, 137 yards, and two touchdowns. It just yep. – I, I couldn't even tell he was injured last week. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley also, like the, the second piece, had uh, six receptions, 61 yards, one touchdown. So, he, 
when they're both going, when Julio got going, they both got going, which is good to see. Um, so yeah, the, the Falcons' offense was rolling last week. And then I mean, I don't. I'm sorry if like any Falcons fans listening to this. Your defense didn't really do anything. I think Kirk Cousins is just that bad right now. No, it's it's so sad. That's what I'm saying. Kirk Cousins only put up 23 points on probably arguably Falcons and Dallas might be the worst defense in the league. And, and not only they only put 23 points up. Yeah, yeah. He threw three interceptions. He had he completed 24 out of 36 pass attempts, 343 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. The man is just if you can't beat this defense. If you can't not throw three picks against this uh, defense, I don't know what is going on. I mean, the only other defense that I would like to see him throw, if he throws three interceptions, I would just bench him on is the Cowboys. Yeah, the, the Cowboys in Atlanta. The only other team that I would be like, okay, you're you're out of here. I don't understand how you could throw three interceptions against the Falcons when he has. I think he has a solid receiving core. I know he definitely does. Dealing Justin Jefferson, who had a game. Yeah. With nine catches, nine receptions, 166 yeah. yards, and two touchdowns, and then the yep. one, the one play that wouldn't have even been a touchdown if he was any more unathletic. Like he just w- rolled back, put his arm out, just reached behind him for the end zone. I mean, yep. I yeah, tr- fantastic play by the rookie. But I mean, like, I don't know, man. I feel I feel like Kirk Cousins is just throwing it and praying half the time. Yeah, and also their rushing game was uh, really lackluster. Like, yeah, obviously they were out of Dalvin Cook, but Alexander Madison just looked pretty good, uh, like in this year and last year. But he only had uh, ten rushing attempts for twenty-six yards, and as a team they only had thirty-two total rushing yards. That's pretty hard. That's pretty hard to win with. I know they were down big to their passing lot, but um, it just did not look very good all around. Except if your name is Justin Jefferson, and then Thielen. I mean, Thielen's going have a big game. He only had five targets, three catches, 51 yards, touchdown. Um, they they but, were able to lock down Kyle Rudolph, too, so I think that was props. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's all I have for this game. Yeah, Kirk Cousins just struggling hard right now. I, I don't know what's happening. He went from high-caliber play all last season when we were like, okay, he's going to do nothing. Yeah. And then this season, we're like, okay, he's probably the most – he's most, like the most, like, consistent Average. quarterback in the league. Yeah. Now he's just coming in and just not performing. Yeah, he's just selling. What he was. This is two back-to-back weeks of two-plus interceptions. Yeah. All right, so next next thing we got – are you good or you you have more? I'm fine. All right, next thing we got is uh, the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, The Lions won this game uh, 34-16. Detroit Lions are now 2-3, and and the Jacksonville Jaguars are now 1-5. DeAndre Swift finally had his big breakout game for the Lions. Man had uh, 14 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, that's good to see. Uh, he's my – he was both of our – I don't know about you, but he's definitely my number one running back coming out of this draft. So, it was actually good to see him get his carries and he, and he performed with it. So They finally gave him the load that, you know, we believe he can handle, and he was just able to break out with it. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt like this game was just the Lions just barely outperforming the Jaguars. It was just – Hand the ball off to DeAndre Swift or throw the ball to Kenny Galladay. Yeah, Kenny Galladay had four receptions, 105 yards. That was pretty much what I saw. Yeah. So, overall, this game, I mean, I think the Jaguars' defense just is on a downtrend yeah. right now. So, I, I'm curious to see how they address the problem or if they address the problem. So. Yeah, no, I mean – 
Gardner Minshew and uh, Stafford almost had identical stats. Uh, Minshew had 243 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and Stafford had 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So uh, Stafford completed 19 passes, Minshew 25. So uh, they were only 20 yards off. Um, Galladay had a good game. Swift had a big game. And then for Jaguars, like, um, Keelan Cole had a really big game. Six receptions, 143 yards uh, on nine targets. But, I mean, other than that, like, the offense was okay. Minshew, Minshew didn't play bad, but like the defense, like we said, like they just they've traded a lot of players, and they just don't have a lot of firepower on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, it's just it's kind of just I I think it's definitely better than the Cowboys, but it's just very lackluster. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, next game. Yes, sir. Next game we got is uh. Bengals, Colts, and uh, this was definitely an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, the Colts win this game, thirty-one to twenty-seven, and what's it called? They now have a four and two record, and I and the Cincinnati Bengals fought a one four and one record. Uh, the Bengals were up big in this game, twenty-one to zero, and then it all just fell apart in the second quarter. Uh, Colts scored twenty-one points to make it a uh, twenty-four to twenty-one game at halftime, and then. Uh, Cincinnati scored uh, three points in the third quarter, zero in the fourth. Colts scored zero in the third and ten in the fourth to win by four. So this was yeah. definitely an interesting game. For me, it was just what happened to this Colts defense that I thought was top four in the league. And they just fell off. I don't understand. The Ravens shut out the Bengals except for a field goal. Yeah. And the Colts let up 29 points. I don't, yep. It was just. It's or also a testament to just. I'm sorry, you said 27. Yeah, 27. Oh, okay, my fault. Yeah. But yeah, like going into this game, I was like, "There's no way the Colts even give the Bengals a chance." Other than with Phil Phil Rivers maybe costing, but he mm-hmm. came out and played well. Um, but yeah, I just I think that Joe Burrow was able to just mount uh interesting stat. Line. He had 25 completions, 39 attempts, with 313 yards and one interception. Mm-hmm. So he himself didn't have a touchdown, but he was able to mount them with just punching oh. them at the end zone with Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, no. Uh, I thought Burrow – I mean, he had the one pick late when they were trying to drive back and, like, win the game potentially. So I'm sure he's beating himself about that. But uh, he got everyone involved. T. Higgins, six receptions, 125 yards. A.J. Green, Brown. finally got A.J. Green going. Uh, eight receptions, 96 yards. And then Tyler Boyd also, five receptions, 54 yards. He's getting people involved. He's splitting up the targets. I mean, like you've, like you've said, Tyler Boyd is a great third option. You got A.J. Green, who finally got back to looking like at least somewhat like A.J. Green. And then T. Higgins, the rookie, has been, has been looking nice. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought the Bengals, their offense, it was more – this game was more on the Colts' defense – yeah. Playing bad in the first half, and then Rivers actually getting his getting his stuff together and actually having a decent game. Uh, Twenty nine. Oh, you go. You go. Oh, I'm sorry. He was just showing that he was a veteran. I mean, he's been showing he's been making bad reads, like rookie reads, all year, and it's just been like, what are you doing? Like the one where it was literally telegraphed going across the field for a pick six. But he finally. Yeah, it was just, against the Browns last week. He finally showed his like veteran mentality and was able to make the right reads, the right times, not. Not always gun for the best, the best possible play, and maybe check it down. So I was happy with how he played. Yeah, no. And then Jonathan Taylor didn't play horrible as well. Yep. I think 
Jonathan Taylor can play a lot better than he did, though, mm-hmm. behind that t- behind that caliber and O-line. But overall, I've been pretty happy with Jonathan Taylor's play and this week, um, Phil Purpose play. Yeah, no, R- Rivers had uh, 29 completions on 44 attempts, 371 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Like you said, Taylor, uh, 12 rushing attempts, 60 yards. That's average of five yards carry. Everyone will take that. And then he got Marcus Johnson involved in the passing game, five receptions, 108 yards. That's pretty. That's pretty good. So. Um, Colts offense for once actually taking care of business when their defense put them in a big hole right off rip. Yeah, I'm, I I have no clue. I was just watching it on my phone. The score just continued to go up, and I was just like, "What is happening?" Yeah, I, I kind of feel bad for Joe Burrow because I feel like he's playing really well. It's just like the defense is just not there, and the O line is not there, so he's getting sacked a lot. And it's just like uh, I thought he played well, even though they ended up blowing a huge lead. Yeah, I feel like he's not even getting that much uh, like crap thrown his way because I I mean the man didn't even play bad he, he had one interception uh I think a lot of people going into the season didn't expect Joe Burrow to be this good mm-hmm. so the fact that he's just been playing this good and giving them chances in games that everybody's like there's no way they can win this game yeah. the Colts like I completely had them written off and you know Joe Burrow strikes again and drops 21 yep. in the first quarter first half yep so overall I'm pretty I, I'm you can't as a Brown as like a Bengals organization you can't ask more yeah. from your quarterback from yeah, he's been playing quarterback great. at that so I feel like he was going he's going to be a franchise quarterback and this this week is a testament to it this is probably one of the best defenses in the league yeah um you ready to move yeah. on there? yeah moving on uh Chicago Bears played the Carolina Panthers and the Bears won this game 23 to 16. Uh, Bears are now five and one, and Panthers are three and three. Um, so for this one, I'm going to start with kind of like Bears defense, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, how they have, so Teddy Teddy Bridgewater has been pretty well. Um, definitely way better than people expected with no CMC and with DJ Moore, young receiver who they're trying to take the next step, and uh, Robbie Anderson from the Jets. And uh, so we got a real challenge this week with uh, the Bears defense, and they kind of got him. He held him to 16 points. Uh, he did throw. He completed 16 out of his 29 passes for 216 yards. But he had no touchdowns, and he had uh, two interceptions. So the Bears defense, this elite defense, kind of got to him a little bit, which I don't think is the end of the world. You're allowed to have a bad game. It's not like he, he still had a chance, and it was only a seven point game. And it's not. Um, like, it's not like this defense doesn't do it to every single person they play against. Even right. Look at Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Look every at that game. Single- yeah, every single game that the the Bears defense has played in, they've just been pretty dominant all yeah. throughout. And even uh, Miles Davis, who's been like a stud uh, since CMC, he stepped up and taking control of this running game, was held to 52 yards and 18 rush attempts. He did have a touchdown, but that's 2.9 yards a carry, so that's not ideal. Um, I- DJ Moore had 93 yards, five receptions, but like nothing crazy, no receiving touchdowns. So the Bears defense, once again, stepping up. Um, especially because I thought their offense once again was kind of lackluster. But this is kind. This is more of like a prediction than a reaction. But like, I feel like in weeks to come, I don't think this Bears defense will continue to be as dominant as they are because it's they're one injury away. Let's just say Akeem Hicks goes down with another foot injury, or they lose Jackson, Eddie Jackson, or, some, or somebody of that caliber in their secondary or their front four. I feel like this team's eff- effectiveness just drops. And even if, if Khalil Mack goes down, I just think that this defense will fall off. Yeah, oh, the whole team might fall off. Yeah, so I I think this it's great. 
that the way they're playing, I just don't know if they'll be able to sustain it throughout the whole year because it's so reliant on this healthy defense. Yeah, no, because like once again, uh, Nick Foles completed. He did complete 23 out of 39 passes, but only for 198 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and they only had a total of 63 rushing yards with one touchdown coming from Nick Foles himself on a QB sneak. So like their rushing game and the passing game, to me, was not not that much. Al Robinson led the team in receptions and yards with five catches, 53 yards. So like they're not blowing it up in receiving or rushing. It's just mainly low scoring games and just do enough when your defense holds the other team. Yeah. So I feel like this is the Steelers last year, but if they had a mediocre offense. Yeah. So overall, I'm very happy with the way the bears are playing other than on offense, <clears throat> but I mean, that's what you get. No, that's not what they get, but that's like what, that's what you get from a, a quarterback like Nick Foles, or even if they put Trubisky in, it would just be the same results. Yeah. So overall, I'm, Pretty happy with the way they've been playing. Yeah. yeah. So, next thing we're going to do is the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. And the Miami Dolphins just destroyed the Jets and Adam Gase 24 to 0. Yeah. Miami is now 3 and 3, and the New York Jets are now 0 and 6. Uh, Adam Gase somehow still has his job. But, yeah, I don't, I, they chose Le'Veon Bell over Gase, and Gase has been on the quote unquote chopping block for six months. Mm hmm. So I don't understand that. And then also watching this, I was – Flacco is not the right – I mean, obviously Sam Darnold's injured, but Flacco is just not the right quarterback to be behind that kind of O-line. I mean, yeah, I, no one – no quarterback like, really well, is. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, even even Sam Darnold behind that O-line could put up some stats. Joe yeah. Flacco is just – watching that was – it was hurtful. Yeah, 21 – completed 21 out of 44, uh, passed them is under 50%, 186 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. And – he did have his leading receiver be Brashad Perriman, though. Four receptions, 62 yards. It only took, only took what, like four years, three years, six years, maybe, <laughs> from him being absolute garbage with Joe on the Ravens to, I mean, 62 yards isn't all that, but yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, hey, it's for the it's Jets. It's, for the Jets, it's probably good. And then uh, for the Dolphins, Miles Gaskin. Uh, yeah, what's it called? Yeah, Miles Gaskin had a good game. Uh, 18 rushes, 91 yards. No touchdowns, though. Second, He was the second most targeted player in the receiving game, too. Gaskin was? Yes. Okay, yeah, four targets. I, I don't have his exact, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, four targets, yeah. He got tied with uh, Jakeem Grant with four, and Devontae Parker at eight. Yeah. Um, Fitzpatrick uh, had an okay game, but not the best. He definitely gets the Jets. He had 191 uh, yards passing, two, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Two interceptions. The, the one was like the Jets. It was like the uh, butt interception. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Absurd. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just watching that highlight over, I pretty much watched it like five times, just staring at this man. Not he's not low. You can't even see the yeah, ball. Yeah, he's just but, trying to feel like, around for is, it. That's some backyard crap. Like that's yeah. like, that's something you don't see every day. And I was that was pretty spectacular. Yeah, that was that was that was that was definitely an interesting play. Um, Tua also came in to end the game because it was pretty much. It was just over. The game was over. So he completed two out of his two passes for nine yards. And the one was like he was running. Uh, he was running. He was running back left. He was scrambling left in his own end zone. And he and he threw a nice pass. It was like I think it was a two yard game. But since he was so far behind the line of scrimmage, it was like an eighteen yard pass. So it was good to see him even on the like you know people were scared about his injury. Yeah. He was able. To, it looked like I couldn't even tell he had an injury. No, yeah, no. He looked. He looked good. So I'm excited to see next time. I'm excited. To find out when is the next time we see him play. So, I mean, yep. I think he sometime soon. Yeah. 
<laughs> next, next we got um, Packers Bucks, and uh, I was way wrong on this game. Buccaneers won this game, thirty-eight to ten, oh. over the Packers. Uh, Tampa Bay is now four and two. Green Bay is now four and one. I thought Green Bay and uh, maybe the Seahawks, even though like their games are like kind of close, too close for my liking, uh, were like the team to beat. And I'm so happy. I would I would have put so much money on this game if anyone wanted to take bets. I'm so happy I didn't act on that because I I have never seen I haven't seen not not never but I haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play that bad in a long time. Well, they went up ten nothing, and then that first pick six happened, and then it just was never the same. Yeah, it, the, just, they, it, it just looked like the wind was just taken out of Aaron Rodgers. Like, it just – and then also Aaron Jones wasn't able to do anything. Devontae Adams barely got open. I just felt like the yeah, whole no, Green I, Bay offense fell apart after that first pick six. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers had 16 completions on 35 attempts for 160 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. And Aaron Jones had 10 carries for 15 yards and one touchdown. That is – that's just that terrible, just, honestly. It was just domination. I mean, like, I'm not that hot on the Buccaneers, but every time I'm not hot on them, they just prove me wrong. I don't know. I I, that was I hope not, but, I mean, they might start getting on a roll now. I mean, that's a pretty big win. And that's a they did it too. too. Yeah. And that's against a team that people were thinking that was, like, on a power rankings. That was, like, a top five team. Yeah, I mean, some they people just, had them next up to the top, yeah. They just obliterated them. Yeah, what's it called? Um... Mike Edwards and Jamal Dean had the picks for um the Buccaneers. Mike Edwards got the pick on um what's his name? I want to say Diggs. Doesn't sound right. The one no Allen Robinson when he hit it up with his knee. Oh, okay. He was the same okay. guy that got that. Oh, um, the Thursday night game. Yeah. Yeah. But I've just the domination of this linebacking core has been. Very, very visible. Mm-hmm. If they if they're rushing, they pretty much Devin White gets pressure on it every time. Yeah. Shaquille Barrett is one of the best pass rushers in the league. I think I love Andre David organizing all of it. And it's just I think they definitely have the best linebacking core in the league. And then on offense with Tom Brady leading it, obviously that's some that's something that's a force to reckon with. And then Ronald Jones is playing out of his mind. Yeah, uh, twenty three. 23 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns. He knows his positions. He knows he's on the chopping block, so he has to, he has to prove his worth. Uh, I think I think in order for Leonard Fournette to get his – like, Leonard Fournette might get the third down back because he's so big, but yeah. I think in order for Ronald Jones to lose that, like, every down back – a bad week. Yeah, he has had, like, a really bad week, and then you can go with the hot hand. But uh, the way he's been playing, especially the last two weeks, like, you, you can't take him out. Yeah, you just can't. So – and then Brady – like you said, Brady, 17 completions, 27 attempts, 166 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, just He's just doing Brady things. And then Gronk was his leading receiver, five receptions, 78 yards, one touchdown. So it's only a matter of time before Gronk got his touchdown and got a real part of this offense. So that happened. I mean, it just looks like Tom Brady translated it over this week from, like, you know, Bill Belichick's, I never turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Just ball, ball control, ball control, ball control. It just kind of looks like – Tom Brady went to this week, and he made sure everybody was on the same same track. Don't mm-hmm. turn the ball over. Just contain it. If you if you're gonna go down, just go down. Don't try to like extend it. Mm-hmm. So I think overall the the Tampa Bay offense played pretty much seamless, and then the Green Bay just fell apart. Yeah, Green Bay looked. Uh, I like you. I have not seen Aaron Rodgers play that bad in maybe ever, and definitely a long, long time. So that was. 
it was kind of hard to watch too. Just watching Aaron Rodgers struggle that hard. Yeah, no, it was it was it was an ugly game for sure. Right after that interception, it was up. They were up ten nothing driving. They're doing well. And right after that interception, also Don, uh, Devontae Adams didn't have that big of a game in my opinion either. No. And both those picks were targets to him where you could say that maybe not the first one, but definitely the second one kind of went off his hands. Like he could have probably done more. Added it down worse yeah. scenario. Um, next thing we're talk about is the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers won this game uh, 24 to 16, and they are three and three. And uh, now the Rams are four and two. We talked about this last week about the 49ers going into this week that this was like a desperation game for them because of the schedule. We went over the schedule and how hard it was. Yeah. So they needed to win this game. That and then now they're three and three. They won this game uh, 24 to 16. Actually, uh, it's a pretty big night for um their offense. I, I thought they played pretty well. Jimmy G. Drop, yeah, drop low. Jimmy G played pretty much flawless. Three touchdowns, 23 uh, completions on 33 attempts. Um, yeah, no, no interceptions either. Yeah. Zero. I mean, that's uh, just – it's pretty absurd. Even with Mostert going down, it didn't even look like it was – it didn't even look like they hiccup. It was, it was like a minor hiccup. Yeah, they still had 122 uh, rushing yards, so that was good. And then, of course, Kittle – Seven receptions, 109 yards, one touchdown. Every time they need him, man, just come through. Um, I've never seen most tight ends. If you throw like a across the middle, they they maybe truck a tight end, and then and then get tackled. He just not not a tight end, tackle, truck like a secondary man, and then get tackled. He's just so explosive and fast that it was on that fourth down ball. play. Yeah, you I, fourth down, maybe what was it, a ten yard? Uh, I think it was like fourth and five, but it was like a it was like a slant route. Yeah. Yeah. Go straight and left. And then he did that, got the ball, and just ran vertical. Got it right up the seam. No, I remember I was talking – we were watching – me and you were watching the game with Rye. And I said, I said, it's fourth and five. Watch kiddos on top of the screen. This is going to go to. I cannot believe Ramsey – because Ramsey's big enough and thick enough, physical enough to be guardian tight. I cannot believe on that fourth down. You know they're going to him. Garoppolo's in shotgun. And – he beats the he beats the uh, whoever's on him in man coverage on the slant catches it and like you said his speed is just straight up the seam going for a touchdown and you're yeah, just, just kind of just sitting there looking at Sean McVay and the Rams coaching like what are you like I should not be calling this out you should know this Kittle's their guy like I don't understand on fourth down who are they gonna throw it to yeah if the man's in shotgun I I don't understand just don't let Kittle beat you if if Bourne or Samuel or most are in the backfield makes a catch fine it's not, even, it's not like Kittle lined up on the line. Kittle lined out off to the top the of the line. screen. Yeah. Why? Very visible. He's going out for a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was also happy to see D- uh-huh. Debo Samuel six receptions, uh, sixty-six yards, one yeah. touchdown. Like, uh, he had a good rookie year, and then he had the foot injury, and he hasn't done that much in the offense. So I was happy to see him get going. I think he's been like a very slow. They're slowly feeding him the ball more and more tar- more targets, because I feel like the first few weeks of his return, it was kind of just. He's on the field as a threat. Yeah. But like now he's kind of with Ward playing okay, mm-hmm. and uh, not Ward, Bourne playing yeah. all right, but a lot better than last year. Yeah. And then Ayuk being able to make some big plays if you give him the ball. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that he's been kind of taking off Debo, and he can just do his thing. Yeah. Uh, for the Rams' offense, um, Jagoff played okay, 19 completions, 38 uh, attempts, 198 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the run game wasn't terrible. Uh, Henderson uh, and Woods, Malcolm Brown only had two carries, but they had 113 yards total. That's not bad. Yeah. And the receiving court, I mean, I thought like Woods and Cup had kind of like a, kind of a disappointing game. 
Uh, Higby led them with three receptions, 56 yards. So it was nice to see Higby uh, being like utilized again in the pass game. But I thought that Woods and Cup, who are normally their one and two receivers, both had pretty like lackluster games in my opinion. Yeah, I wasn't really, I wasn't really surprised with how the Rams' offense played. And I was very happily surprised with how the 49ers the offense played. Well, like we said, it was just a desperation game. This is You can't have the Seahawks who are undefeated and then the Rams go 5-1, and one, and you're going to be 2-4 and four if you want any chance of playoffs. So they knew they had to win this game, especially with that schedule coming up for them. Yeah, It's just no easy games. So that was the big desperation. Very quick recovery because he's going to be a big part in weeks to come if, they, yeah. if he ever comes back to full health again. If, uh, you just hope McKinnon can step in and play well. Um, but you guys wait and see. I would honestly just give Mostert an extra week from when he's projected to, because he came back off the last injury, I think maybe a little bit too quick. Yep. And then there now, he's, good. now he's back. Same on. problem again. Yep. So I, I agree with you just because you don't want him messed up for next season or some, get some kind of terrible injury. Or Yeah. Or maybe if you, uh, yeah. Or if you like squeeze into the playoffs, right. You, you're going to want Mostert. Like, yeah. McKinnon's fantastic, but I mean, like, if you're going to have Mooster and McKinnon, why would you want that? Yeah, the duo. Yeah. There's no reason to just trade them out. So, yep. overall with this game, I was very happily surprised with how the 49ers played. You said it, you were completely gung-ho on it being desperation. I was kind of hesitant because the Rams' defense has been pretty strong. Oh, they've been great. But, like, I, they just crumbled in the moments when it mattered. Yeah, I, I still didn't – it's still hard to bet on the 49ers because they're so injured – and one week you have Garoppolo throwing picks like crazy to the Dolphins, and next week he's going to come out and almost play perfect, throw three touchdowns, no interceptions on the Rams. But Kyle Shanahan and Sean are both good young coaches. Kyle Shanahan knows that, like that's the desperation thing, they needed to win this game, or they, they're pretty much done with the season. Just how, just how hard their division is. It's not their fault that they're in that division. And then, I mean, honestly, for me, it just kind of looks like Sean McVay got outcoached again, like in the Super Bowl. It was just... It was a close game, but it just came down to play calling, and I think Kyle Shanahan hasn't beaten that category. Yeah. Uh, next game, you good? Yes, sir. Next game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, both teams are coming off losses in this game, so the losers are going to go on a two-game losing streak as a top AFC team, so no, yeah. neither team wanted that. The Chiefs won this game 26-17, to moved to 5-1, and and the Bills fall from 4-0 now to next over two weeks, 4-2. and 4-2. Um, I want to first. I want to just highlight uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yes, sir. Like two days before this game happened, Le'Veon Bell got signed. He wants and and I mean this man has to show that he he wants to he wants his reps he wants his position. So he had 26 carries, 161 yards, and then he also was did he have pass game? Oh no, so he only had four four catches, eight. But uh, he was running all over the field. He still hasn't scored his touchdown yet. Uh, he scored one in this game, and they called it back, which is just – and then sad, and then uh, Darrell Williams got it. But yeah. um, he was just – he averaged uh, 6.2 yards a carry on 26 carries. That's pretty impressive. Man was just the force. And he came down because it was a close game, and they got to control the clock with him uh, because of his play. So it was pretty and important. every time they've given Clyde edwards Lair the ball more than 20 times, he's gotten more than 150 yards. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, Kelsey – Kelsey was pretty good. He had five catches, uh, 65 yards. But the important part was his two touchdowns. He fumbled the ball early, and you could just tell that he was going to do everything he could to make up for it. Yeah. Um, now on the Bills side, I just felt like Josh Allen, especially the last two weeks, just hasn't looked the same as he did the first four weeks. Because um, the first four weeks, he was like MVP caliber. And then the Titans game, he was terrible. And this game, he, was, he had a rough game, 14. 
completions, 27 uh, attempts, 122 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I was surprised that at the end of this game, like, they could have got that onside kick, and it was only a seven-point game. But in my opinion, the game was never really that close. Uh, so, I mean, Allen just kind of had a rough day. And uh, this is the first game that Diggs didn't, like, go completely off. He had six catches, 46 yards, and that one touchdown catch. If you saw the touchdown catch, it was an amazing touchdown catch. I personally had, like, see it. He had like uh two. He had like all right. So he's like falling out of bounds in the corner of the end zone, and he catches it. Like his body's out of bounds. He just has like his two uh, legs dragging in the corner. Um, it was early in the game. Um, but yeah, no digs. Other than that, um, yeah. he uh he like it was his first game where he like kind of came down to earth since he's been there. I feel like uh Allen got his just like his pride and his confidence stripped mm-hmm. off of him with um the Titans game. And then this game was just, you know, furthering that. Mm. I think he once he does once he plays well and he just he gets the confidence and the pride back in him his his gameplay, I feel like he'll go back to his last twelve weeks. He's yeah. just kind of in a slump. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And then um, I also think a big part of it is the Bills running game has been abysmal. Yep. As of recently. Other than TJ Yeldon on the Titans game. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the running backs have been pretty much going forty or under yards. Yeah, Singletary. Singletary's been a big disappointment, and then Zach Moss. This Chiefs game was just coming off an injury, so I think it'll probably be a bigger game on uh, next week when he's a week back. But there's a lot of Yeldon, Singletary, and Moss, and you gotta hope that Allen doesn't outrush them like this game. He had forty-two yards, and Moss and Singletary combined had forty-two yards, so that's not ideal. With what yeah. they had fifteen carries to Allen's eight, so he has. Ha- what, half the carries, same amount of yards compared to two players, that's not good. So you want to give him, especially if he's – I mean, they're still young quarterbacks. Him, Lamar, they're still young quarterbacks. You want to give them some kind of help on offense other than just consisting on him making plays every single every single play. So, Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like Josh Allen has a little bit to go, mm-hmm. but he's progressed a lot in the last four weeks. Not last four weeks, the first four weeks. And then the mm-hmm. last two weeks have just been kind of down to earth. But, uh, like I said, I think it's just going to be one game where the running game is a threat, mm-hmm. and then he'll just be able to launch the ball down to Stefan Diggs and John Brown if John Brown is healthy. Yeah. All right, moving on to the final game of the week, the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this might be this might be like the ugliest game of the week on primetime. Uh, the Cardinals won this game 38-10. to 10. Now the Cardinals are 4-2 and two to the Dallas Cowboys 2-4. Uh, and four. Yep. And – uh, this game, I like, started off like it was like both offenses kind of struggled to start. They both scored a zero in the first quarter, and I was kind of like, "Oh, when is this gonna like?" I was so excited. It's the first primetime game the Cardinals have had. Yeah. Watched the entire game, and no other games are going on. And I was like, "When is it gonna start?" And they dropped twenty-one in the second quarter, seven in the third, four, uh, and then ten in the fourth. Um, Kyler Murray only completed nine passes for twenty-four yards, one hundred and eighty-eight yards, two touchdowns. Um, he also missed uh, Larry Fitzgerald in the corner for one touchdown, but. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake finally had a game. He finally broke through. Uh, took him, took him five weeks. Yeah, 20, 20 attempts of rushing, 164 yards, two touchdowns. And I think Kyle Murray had a good rushing game too. 10, uh, 10 rushes, 74 yards, one touchdown. Um, it was, like, yes, Kyle Murray played well. And he didn't have to throw that much, but when he did, it was, he did well. And Kenyon Drake, uh, threw up. But it was more of the Cowboys just being terrible. Yeah. And then I also want to highlight Kenyon Drake's, 82 of his yards came in garbage time. Yeah, and it was a giant breakout run. 
the backups of the backups for the Cowboys defense was in. Yeah. And it was just – I I mean, I'm happy that he had a good week, but I feel like a lot of it was just because of the Cowboys being that bad. Right. No, I agree. No, the Cowboys are playing absolute – they're just playing terrible. Yeah, I, I don't know how else to explain it. How about um, Zeke fumbling twice and losing the ball twice? Um, so – I don't think this is like a jump ship on Zeke. Yeah, no, obviously not. I think not. this is just, you know, an off week. But, I mean, that's a problem. You can't do that, period. And if you're the highest paid running back, you can't do that, period. Yeah. I just felt like he's been sort of lackluster this season. And yeah. he continued to just show how lackluster he was this game. Well, he had eight catches for 31 yards and – 12 rushes for 49 yards, and then two lost fumbles. That's not that's not a great day. No. And I'm just kind of – honestly, I don't know what to think because it's not it's not jump ship, but it's like what is what are you doing? Well, in, in Zeke's defense, I think I think he has a tremendous amount of pressure on him. I think uh, a lot of people just thought that, oh, any like yeah, we lost that Prescott. Any Dalton would just step in, and our offense won't change at all. We'll just have the same amount of stats, or we'll just have the same amount of offense. Like Gallup will still be great, Cooper will still be great. Um, uh, CD Lamb. No, no, no. I no, it's it's the drop off from there's a there's a bigger drop off drop off than people expected from Dak to Andy Dalton. It's asking it's asking a lot of Andy Dalton to just step in, and. Big shoots, big shoots of Phil too. Yeah, uh, I mean he didn't play. He didn't play god off. We had thirty-four completions out of fifty-four uh, passing attempts because they were down by so much. Twenty, uh, two hundred sixty-six yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. His one interception, Buda Baker read the play like crazy. Oh, dove in for that pick. Absurd. And that was his first career interception. So a lot of people don't give him the recognition uh, because he doesn't have interceptions. But he literally does everything else. He's like the best field manager. He's a hard hitter. Runs the defense. Uh, and that's why he's the highest paid safety. But uh, yeah, no, this Buda Baker was there for that play. That was his. That was his play. And then um, the second interception was just a pure pass interference that went uncalled. Yeah. CD Lamb. That was. It doesn't get more like. Yeah, they hit him at the top of his route when he was trying to cut, right? Yeah, it was just. A, yeah. It was just a straight up tackle. Yeah. I I was just like, what? What's going on? Yeah. How is that not being called? Like. And then there was, like, the Cowboys, they got a soft pass interference, just like they were hands. Hands were in mm. each other's faces. Yeah. But instead, T.D. Lamb gets tackled, and they reviewed the play. Yeah. It's not the fact they didn't even review the play. They reviewed the play and still upheld it. I do remember that. That's yeah, no. What's it called? That was a bad call, but uh, this like this game, there could have been, like – It wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah, have Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. But you don't want to see that. You don't like seeing terrible calls like that, especially go through the review process. But, like, yeah, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh. How about DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, he didn't have – he only had two catches, but on that one catch where he broke it down the field and he almost yeah. got – he almost destroyed that cornerback uh, where he cut in and cut back out real quick. Yeah. Uh, Hopkins only had two catches for 73 yards, and then Christian Kirk had two catches for uh, 86 yards and two touchdowns. So that was a big day for Kirk. Two catches, two touchdowns. Um, yep. Yeah, Murray only completed nine passes, but um, he made, he Fitzgerald called three of them. Yeah, no. But, yeah, no, that one Hopkins play. I was waiting for Hopkins to do something. And he really wasn't needed. I feel like they almost kind of, like, gave him the night off because, yeah. I mean, almost Kyler Murray, too. Like They gave their whole passing 
game. The yeah, like they just once they got a huge lead, they would just turn the ball around and hand it off because just drain this clock, move on to the next one. But Hopkins did have one big play, and it was funny because uh, that one play where from last season where he's like spinning, or it might be two years now where he's yeah, spinning and spin and he try and the, the players trying to punch it up is against the Cowboys. So yeah. it's like it was like it kind of reminded me of it. But I saw him run down the field and he's. He's making the Cowboys – he's beating the Cowboys secondary. I'm like, it reminded me of that play, which was another great play. Dude, but. he is shady. I've never seen a man be able to, like, pull off – like, they just I, look slow. The moves look slower, but they just – I wish he outran him. But he's hit – like, he's kind of like Fitzgerald, like a younger Fitzgerald now. Like, he's just – he's not speed. He's just hands. But, like, I, if he would have outran him, I would have been so, so happy. But the guy I recovered. I think Hopkins could pass Larry Fitz. And just all time because, dude, the fact that he went a whole season without dropping one until the last game of the postseason. No, he didn't even have one the whole season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the postseason is yeah. absurd. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, yeah, he's incredible. And I've loved that. I love that connection for, uh, uh, for oh, Murray. Yeah. Yeah, instant. Yeah. Instantaneously. Yeah, like, uh, Diggs and Allen were giving them a run for, like, best new connection, but I think it's definitely shown that it's, it's going to be. Murray and Hopkins, but Diggs and Diggs and Allen are also been oh been for sure, deal. and not that Hopkins really needed a mentor, but he's like Fitzgerald. The team oh yeah, like I mean, like, you, you like uh, if I was gonna get a mentor, I would want Fitz or Megatron. Yeah, both those players are just they were athletic, but they also used their they were smart. Yeah, and and one's still playing, so yeah. I mean, I, it has to be great for Kyler Murray too. Like, like you can't ask for a more and like Larry Fitzgerald is just a leader. Yeah, this team. This team's four and two now. This team's four and two now. So it'll be interesting. Like I would love for Larry Fitz. Like you're saying, he's a leader. I would love for him to get a ring. I don't know if they can do it this year, just because it's still early for this team, like the defense and everything. But the AFC is strong. Yeah, NFC and AFC is strong this year actually. But uh, I, I'm just worried that I like I I don't know if he could go next year because man's man's going like 17th year. So I don't know how much how many more chances he has. But I know he said his statement was. Uh, about Kyler Murray, uh, about retirement, because he kind of talks about it every year or gets asked. He said that he could not walk out the door with Kyler Murray or he wanted to come back for his second year because, I mean, the kid's special. So yeah, maybe maybe man. he could get it together and go for a third year of Kyler or maybe a fourth year of Kyler, but I don't know. I, I would I, love I, for, I would love to see him get a ring. I would like to see where the Cardinals' defense uh, – not defense, the offense goes. And I would like to see if they are able to repeat this running game. I feel like that would be crucial to winning yeah. the games to come. Yeah, uh, Kingsbury is saying that he wanted to be – he didn't want to be known as just a passing team. He wanted to be more balanced. And they showed that. So if Drake and Edmonds can stay consistent and actually give this team some type of the clock management, yeah, so their defense isn't always on the field after they score or go four and out or whatever. They either score fast or they punt because they incompletions. Yeah. Like – so if they can actually get a run game going and let their defense rest a little bit, that their defense isn't the best. Um, no, it's it's very reliant on their secondary with Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson. But Patrick Peterson's getting older, yeah. and Buda Baker can only be so much, be on so much of the field at one time. So I'm very very curious to see where they go with this defense, and I'm curious to see if they just they just scheme well. Yeah, I want to see them use uh, Isaiah Simmons more too. Figure out a way to get his – I know he hasn't, he hasn't even played that much. I think he only played, like, 58 snaps coming into this game across five games, which is not a lot. I just 
I don't know where they're gonna fit him in, but I know he's a playmaker, and they took him with the ninth overall pick. So yeah, but you gotta uh, you gotta use him. I want to see him on the field as linebacker, and he's covering like solely like tight ends or running backs. If you're gonna put him in safety next to Buda Baker, I mean, I'm sure they used him against Kittle, and that yeah, and and that worked. Well. So I uh, I'm excited. Maybe maybe he's not getting the play uh the play like the playbook fast enough, which I mean that's fine. He's still a rookie, his yeah. time, but. Uh, I definitely want to see him be used just since he was – A, I want to see him play because I was high on him, and B, if you're using a draft pick like that, I, at least yeah, find a way to get him on the field. Yeah, find a way to get him on the field. So I think every single um, draft, top ten pick is, is on the field as of right technically now. Yeah, because – yeah, we can, we can say Natua, Tua got named the starter going into week eight, which will be in two weeks from now. So I think we'll see everybody. I think you're right. Um, Any more – any last thoughts on week six reactions? My, like I told you earlier, my player of the week would be Derrick Henry. I mean, I feel like it's hard to say anybody other than Derrick Henry yeah. because of his absurd play. So, I mean. You agree with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the only other person I would say is maybe McManus for just dotting up <laughs> the field goal. I would say maybe even, I mean, you can kind of say uh, Watson. I think Watson literally did everything he could try to do, but – Henry and Tannehill just got the best of him. I mean, Tannehill, even Tannehill had three touchdowns, and Henry also had two. Like, That's they were just scoring on, on crazy amounts of uh, points in that game. But I'm definitely very happy. For a closing thought, I'm very happy with the um, Texans passing game. Yeah. I'm very happy with the wide receivers they have. If Cooks is able to stay healthy, he's a very viable wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if David Johnson's able to start picking up the slack, that is left behind a little bit more. I feel like this team could be not really a threat for the not really a threat, but they could no, they're a threat. They can give you run for your money every single game. Yeah, I mean the Titans then, Titans are five and zero, and they had to go to overtime to beat them. So if they're clicking, they're, they're clicking. Like that's that's just how good Deshaun Watson is. Like yeah, and then they're they're also a young team. Yeah, most of their players are young, other than JJ Watt. Yeah, but like overall, they're like you know fourth years, five years, fifth years in the league. So. I would like to see how they go into next year. Yeah, I agree. This is a team to watch, especially with who they get coaching-wise, who if, or if they just stick with who they have now. I think it would be uh, Eric the Enemy, the uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator, would go there. I mean, I would be happy with that. I think I think out of the teams that are going to need a head coach this year, like the Falcons, uh, I don't know, maybe at the Falcons, Texans, maybe the Jaguars, maybe the Vikings. Hopefully I think – yeah, Definitely the Jets. The Jets, uh, there's no other excuse. I think other than if the Jets get Trevor Lawrence, if yeah. if you're a head coach, I want to go coach Deshaun Watson. He's probably the best on the team, best playmaker. So I, I, I would, would see Eric Enemy going there. I would either want to coach Deshaun Watson or have the number one pick to get who I want. Yeah, that's facts. That makes so. sense. Like, you know, but for I'm the sure. Jets, I'd have to, I'd have to have conversations with the front office and get confirmation that they're going to change their ways because it's, it's a mess yeah, over there. Just, I mean, and the Texans, the Texans need a savior too, though, because Bill O'Brien left them in a mess. Because you don't have oh, picks, you don't have, picks. you really don't have talent on defense other than JJ Watt and Tunsil if he can actually do anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, you hope Tunsil can keep keep guarding at least somewhat. But yeah, so and even JJ Watt, he's older, so you yeah, JJ Watt's old. Yeah, draft value, you can only get like third third rounds for him. Maybe maybe a second. Yeah, I I. I JJ, I know, like, they probably – the Texans probably don't want to trade him, but, like, no. uh, cause, just because, like, of the player he is, kind of like Ray Lewis to the Ravens. 
so they yeah, might just let him ride out. But I mean, I would, it's not going to be pretty. If I'm JJ Watt, I would want to play with my brothers personally. Yeah. Well, he might just go there after his contract. Yeah, free agency. Yeah, no, he's definitely going. To, I would say he's definitely going to Pittsburgh. So, which is just another problem for Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and then the, that oh one plus for Lamar is Devin Bush. Oh yeah, Devin Bush is out of the year with the twenty ACL. So, uh, Ravens and Steelers next week. That's a big loss for the uh, the, the Steelers defense is really big, but that's a big loss. I mean, they still have Bud Dupree. They still have um. It's still a great defense, but he's just the best. Yeah, I think he's probably the be- one of the best QB spy. He's the best linebacker in the team. Have. Yeah, yeah. I would take him over to Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree is good, but I'd definitely take Devin Bush over him. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a big loss. Hopefully, well, Devin Bush. I mean, like he's on the Steelers, but hopefully he's back healthy next year. I, I love watching him play. I, w- I would assume he comes back healthy. Right. Yeah, no, he should be fine. They're not gonna rush him either because. No, he's done. Oh. He's definitely out for the season. Thomas if... really likes him, so. Yeah, they're definitely out for the season, so. Yep. All right, so this is uh, week six. Week six reactions. Uh, this was uh, Ethan Shap and Evan Sillett. And this was uh, Sports by the Hour.